Coming up on Verse Course Verse, if you want to make the big time, you got to get on the YouTubes. That's next. Hey everybody, welcome to the preseason of season three. Wow, sounds weird to even say. I am DL and I am by myself. But I am not the only voice you're going to hear tonight, today. When do you listen? These come out Monday morning. Give you a little secret. They actually, I have them set up for midnight on Sunday nights. So if you want to wake up on Monday at 12.01 a.m., you can listen to this if you want because you're so excited. Yeah, sure, you'll be a little tired for work Monday, but I'm telling you, some things are worth it. We are not worth it. But actually, it does interest me. If you want to write in, tell us, when do you listen? Do you listen Monday morning when you're working? How many of you are joggers? How many of you listen to us while you jog? How many of you laugh gloriously while hitting the pavement with your adaboost? We can talk running. What kind of running shoes do you guys use? I do love me some Adidas, I gotta say. How's this for an intro, you guys? Look, I've had a couple years to cultivate everything now, so anything is fried gold at this point. We are seasoned veterans. We know what we're doing. It's weird that you would even assume that we don't. Let's talk about running. Nah. Season three is coming up. We are actually kind of on vacation right now. It's a half vacation, so the team got a couple weeks off to chill, decompress, and hide away. I don't really hear from Rachel anymore. She's not really on the chat. In levels of who I annoy most, Rachel is definitely number one. So she's off the grid. I respect that. I really do. I have been talking to Sven quite a bit in this little quote-unquote preseason or off-season or whatever you want to call it. I like preseason better. I'm realizing that off-season implies that we're off. Off-season implies that I'm not making anybody do anything, and that's simply not true. The poor lads and the poor lass have marching orders. I really, really like what Rachel said in the 100th episode. It stuck with me. It meant a lot to me. She said that it's my baby, but it's their passion. That was a, man, that was a good way to put it. That lady's got a way with words, I tell you what. Somebody should hire her to do talking things and then hopefully somebody make money about them. I, I hope somebody finds her and does it. But I have been talking to Sven a lot for reasons that are going to come clear in this episode because Sven is our video editor. And suddenly his job has become much busier. The poor bastard. You know the funniest thing too? This was his idea. He wanted to do YouTube badly. I will talk about it later. He's absolutely right. I have a very good feeling. And then, of course, Evil I still talk to every day because, unfortunately for Evil, I think he's kind of become my bestie, and that's not an easy job. I am a high-maintenance character, I tell you what. Actually, I think he sends me more memes, but they're fucking funny, so I'm okay with it. Highly inappropriate. We're all highly inappropriate. Man, oh man. You know, a lot of people have asked, and we have knocked around the idea here and there of doing some form of Patreon paywall of non-edited episodes or 
being a part of our chat for a specific amount of time or getting access to it. And it it can't happen. We are terrible, terrible people. It's mostly me. I'm going to be honest. It's mostly me. I'm not throwing them under the bus at all. In fact, Sven's got a pretty innocent sense of humor, uh, which I love about him, which you could probably guess from hearing Sven talk. Um, He can be a little bit cynical at times, really just if you're talking about Michael Buble, but yeah, you can't really listen to what Evil and I talk about and uh, Rachel fucking shit, what am I talking about? It's weird. It's been a while since I've done this whole talking to myself thing. I don't know. I don't know how, if you ever get used to it. I will say that as time goes by, it does feel less and less like I'm talking to the ether, as we said in episode 100, and it does feel more like I'm actually talking to people. It's kind of exciting. More people started reaching out, and I've gotten to know more people more. You know, I have regular communication with and people I know listen to the podcast, so you can kind of start to picture who you're talking to at the same time. This is something I've thought of. There are times where you don't want to do that because you don't want to be talking to a specific person. This is a thought process that I've had a lot during the podcast is, and I'm dead serious, before I press record, I always think, who are you about to talk to? Particularly in season three, Season one, we were just getting our bearings. We had no idea what we were doing. Season two, we did have an idea what we were doing, but we needed to round off the sharp edges. Season three, what I'm doing is I am taking a deep breath before every recording, taking my time, and making sure that it's done right. Cross the T's, dot the I's. Making sure that you block and tackle. I know all of you music podcast listeners are big American sports fiends. So see, I know who I'm talking to. There is a point to this, I promise. When I started this podcast, my mantra was always to think like you are about to have a conversation with Rob Gordon. Have you seen High Fidelity? If you haven't seen High Fidelity, look, if you are listening to this at 7 a.m. on a Monday, you're, you're on your way to work, half ignoring me. First of all, stop half ignoring me. Pull over, pay attention. Second off, once you're done pulling over, turn around, go back to your house, order high fidelity, and watch it. You have to call on sick, call on sick. What, you don't have any sick days left? Then quit. Give me a call tomorrow. I'll help you on Indeed, but hey, the, this needs to be a priority. Point being, that was my mantra. Pretend like you're talking to Rob Gordon. That died in season two. And the reason it died is something that in episode 100 we talked a lot about. And that is that I don't want to talk to Rob Gordon. I love Rob Gordon. And I hope that a Rob Gordon type would listen to the podcast. But the problem with Rob Gordon types, people that act like that DL character, it's pretty similar. There's a bit of a snoot there. There's a bit of a smarter than the other person. You have to feel... Like, oh, Rachmaninoff? No, I know Rachmaninoff. What's that you say? C minor symphonies? No, 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 no. You apparently don't know Rachmaninoff. That kind of thing could not have been farther from the truth. If you go back and you listen to our first episode, we don't talk about anything groundbreaking. We don't talk about anything advanced musical theory-wise when we're talking about Stevie Wonder. But there is a lot more 
hey, you remember when he does the augmented seventh or, you know, the, the E minor 11, man? There was a little more of that. You know what people don't give a shit about or want to hear? They don't want to hear that. They want to hear how it makes you feel. We figured that out quickly. I no longer talk to Rob Gordon. And then I tried to talk to audiences, tried to talk to the listeners. I think listeners is a good word. I don't like the word audience. I fucking hate the word fan. It's so fucking eccentric. It really is. The word fan is just so, I mean, if you try to knock it down a peg, because anybody can be a fan of anybody. My neighborhood supermarket. I like to go to the store super early. I like to go when there's nobody else there. I'm a, I just wake up early, way earlier than most people, proven by the fact that when I get up and I go outside, nobody's out there with me. I like to go to the store early in the morning and there's always the same woman checker there. She's not overly, you know, hey, hi, you can tell she doesn't really fucking like her job. And this is, my God, I hope everybody knows I'm not knocking hourly jobs or checkers or I think it's more meaningful for me because that's what my mom did growing up. For me, that, for me, yeah, for me. My mother was a checker at a grocery store most of her life while I was growing up, living paycheck to paycheck. I understand the amount of nobility there is in working a job like that. That is a fucking tough job. The fact that she's not fake about it, the fact that she's very, but she isn't rude. It's very, you know, hey, how's it going today? Got this going on today. Got this. Um, What the fuck was I talking about? (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I am a fan of hers. That's what I'm trying to get to. When you think the word fan, you think some obsessive, when it's baseball season, I live, eat, and breathe the Seattle Mariners, and I don't miss a game. That's when you think of the word fan, you think of that. You think of obsessive fan. There have been times where we've done podcast episodes where we've been talking about things, and even one of the other members of the podcast will use the word fan, and I fucking cringe. And it's funny because it's only to yourself. We've talked a lot about Angie, who did our artwork for us. I'm a huge fan of hers. It never feels icky to be on the being a fan side, but my God, it feels icky reversed. The whole point of this is that when I got to the word listener, I love that. There's no assumptions, elitism. You are simply listening. When I say assuming, there's no assumption that... You have to love everything we say or be a part of this or be a part of that. In the episode 100 in the finale, we talked a lot about people reaching out and communicate and come talk to us and maybe be on the show and this and that and this and that. But don't do that if you don't want. Going by the numbers, we have a lot of listeners that don't download and I don't care. You're supposed to chase downloads. I don't give a shit. I'm not. Anyway, I'm not. Stop interrupting me, David. Make sure to go download and make sure to write in and tell us how you feel about this and make sure to do this and make sure that when you listen to us, you go here instead of here. And I don't care. I just appreciate that you listen. And that's because I am walking in my own shoes and I have podcasts I listen to. I am a fan. (laughs) Ryan Rossillo podcast. It's a sports podcast, so don't go listen to it. But 
I'm a huge fan. No problem saying that at all. I think it's weird that there would be a problem. But then to say, hey, you fans of us, oh my God, I hate it so much. (sighs) Are any of you psychiatrists? Can I come lay down on your couch for a little bit? I haven't even gotten to what I'm drinking tonight. My God, I missed you guys. I might already win the most drunk award. I didn't think I was drunk. I have to be drunk. I, I have to be. Do what you want to do when you're listening to this podcast. If you don't want to reach out, don't reach out. And the reason that I've started to bring up the podcasts I listen to is because I don't want to reach out to them. I don't want to write to podcasts I listen to. I don't want to... For me, there's a freedom there of eavesdropping in a conversation that you've been given permission to eavesdrop in. There's a relaxed enjoyment. Listening to somebody that appreciates something the same way you do and has taken the time to articulate and plan and study for that, it's lovely. And yeah, it is fun to have your time where you're screaming at the thing you're listening to saying, are you kidding me? Are you insane? Or yes, give me more of that. Exactly. I've been telling people that forever, but I've, I've never written in. I don't download. Well, that's a lie. I do download things, but it's because I travel a ton. And so the day before I get on a plane, I'll download like two or three episodes of a podcast or whatever. So to make sure that I have something to listen to if I don't have any internet. But there's a very simple reason for it. Because it's just another fucking button you have to push. People aren't going to download your shit because why? Why would you press an extra button when all you have to do is go and press play? I'm not knocking anybody. I'm not saying, oh my God, please download our stuff. I'm acknowledging the silliness of the situation and I'm hoping that it changes. All you want to do is just listen to the podcast. Just be a listener. Enjoy it. Have your routine. This comes out every Monday. You don't have to download it. You don't have to like it. You don't have to write an iTunes review. You don't have to do any of that stuff. I don't care anymore. I really don't. And I'm not going to keep doing the thing. The reason I'm not going to keep doing the thing is because we've got another venue that we're going to do it for. And that's next. We are back. Hey, everybody. What am I drinking tonight? Well, I just so happen to be drinking a scotch lady. It's the dregs of a scotch lady, if you couldn't tell. It was probably my favorite drink of 2022 thank you evil famous grouse scotch lemon laird's apple brandy grenadine simple syrup egg white shake it up then add some ice shake it again and you got a frothy pink beautiful drink what are we doing tonight well all four of us have taken some time to give you a little ditty about what's coming in season three We're on the preseason, so we got to let you know what's coming in about three to four weeks. YouTube. This episode is all about YouTube. We are going to tell people to go to YouTube. We are going to all have separate styles of videos on, you guessed it, YouTube. I'm going to talk about my YouTubes. They're going to talk about their YouTubes. That's what this episode is all about. We're going to let you know what to expect, what's coming. I hope you go over there. I hope you watch them. Should I just get into it? 
I guess I should. Look, we know that YouTube is where it's at. We know that the number one place for places to connect with listeners, watchers, dare I say fans, is YouTube. We understand that. And so we said, guys, we got to do it. Guys and gal. It's weird. I've always said guys. And I feel like nowadays you aren't supposed to say that. So this is me acknowledging that, yeah, I say guys, I know Rachel is also involved, but it's a pain in the ass to say two guys, one gal. We know that you got to be on the YouTube. And I don't know if you guys knew this, but we got an ace in the hole. Sven Knudsen is pretty good at video editing. So why not use the ace in the hole? That's what we've decided. That is what we're doing. What are the YouTubes? Well, who should we start with first? I think we should start with evil. Evil, you want to talk to us for a minute? You want to tell us about what your YouTubes are going to be? What's up, Verse Chorus Versers? This is Evil Jimmy here, coming at you with some off-season content, because that's what we do. We're here for you. And we are talking about some interesting new endeavors that we're launching into. YouTube, oh my God. I have lots of thoughts about that. But first, the most important thing of this recording session and on your end, the listening session, and that is what are we drinking? And I'm recording this in the morning. It's the holiday season. And much like last year and this time, if you listen to the off-season content, you know that I make a boozy coffee, uh, especially for the holidays. Usually use some rum or brandy. I think I got brandy in it today. In fact, I know I got brandy in it today because I put it in there. I do pour-over coffee. I have a Chemex coffee maker. Super awesome. Makes great coffee. I'm not like super fancy. I don't like weigh the beans or anything like that. I kind of eyeball stuff, but it turns out pretty good. And then I pour in a liberal serving of booze during the holiday season. Probably two ounces, maybe closer to three ounces of, I think I got Christian Brothers brandy in here. Uh, cheap brandy is the way to go. I've tried it with expensive brandy. It's a waste of brandy. Uh, I've put cognac in. It's a waste. Go with some something cheap with some strong flavor. And then the coffee. And then lots of simple syrup because I like it. Sweet. I got a sweet tooth. It's delicious. And then, of course, loads and loads of heavy whipping cream. Often, I will put the whipping cream into... It's sort of like a... I guess like a plastic restaurant style ketchup squeeze bottle thing. And then I take the spring from a Hawthorne strainer, a cocktail strainer, take it off the Hawthorne strainer and put that spring in the bottle and then you shake it up and it kind of whips the cream and then you can kind of squeeze it out on top. Sort of a makeshift way to whip cream and put it on your coffee. When I'm feeling extra fancy, I'll grate some nutmeg and some cinnamon and maybe a little bit of dark chocolate. Didn't do that today. Literally just poured the cream in the coffee today because I was in a rush and that's how we got here. So boozy coffee is what we're drinking and it's delicious. Let me have a sip. So we are launching into the world of YouTube. Oh boy. Um, I have so many thoughts on that. The assignment for this episode was to discuss our YouTube content. Let me start with what I was initially planning on doing. If you listen to the end of the year episodes, I probably talked about the idea of doing YouTube content, talking about the confluence of art and music. And I do plan on doing that in the future. 
that's kind of something that has been on my mind for a while. I think there, because of just my background, I, you know, I studied art in college. I've been a kind of an artist my entire life. I've, I grew up loving to draw. I like comic books. I like to paint. It's something that I had set aside for a number of years and really got back into it during the lockdowns from the pandemic because I was at home, didn't have a whole lot to do, and I signed up for a bunch of online art training and got back into it pretty heavily and was like, hey man, I think I, I really want to be sure to not lose touch with this side of my creativity moving forward. And when we started doing the podcast, one of the things that immediately came to mind was the connection between art and music. And that's something I've thought about quite a bit. Anything from album covers to t-shirt designs to the concepts that musical artists use within their music. If you're old like me and you had, you had a big CD collection, you spent hours looking through the liner notes and the, all of the art inside there. You know, bands like Cynic, like Tool, like Baroness, they all have this very deep connection between the artwork and the presentation of their music and the music itself. That is a, a, a ripe, fertile soil to really dive into, to find all kinds of interesting things to talk about. Super famous, well, super famous to me, to in the metal world, super famous artists like Pusset, who who has done t-shirt designs for Metallica for years and years, highly influential. You have Alex Gray doing his artwork for Tools album covers. You have, you know, Cynic has used the art of Robert Venosa uh, over the years, and and most recently, um, Robert's passed away, and his wife, Martina Hoffman, she had a very similar style of artwork to Robert, and I think they tapped her for the cover to their most recent release. That's a whole subject in and of itself that we'll get into later this season, I'm sure, on the podcast. Anyway, that's what I want to do moving forward, but as we're kind of ramping up content for the Verse Course First YouTube channel, I quickly realized that was a such a large endeavor that I'm not going to be able to do it justice out of the gate. So I had to kind of pivot and come up with something to do for the monthly content that we want to put out on the podcast YouTube channel. I think maybe I need to start with a slightly different direction. So what I'm going to do is for the time being pivot a little bit. Let me back up just a, just a touch here. I've kind of found that I'm not listening to a lot of heavy metal music or at least not a lot of the music that I want to listen to uh, because of so much content that I have to listen to for the podcast for different episodes. I've been trying to get creative in ways for me to trick myself into thinking, hey, I'm doing this for the podcast and listening to music that I'm for sure not listening to for the podcast in the metal community. Well, I invented a way to do that. And what I'm going to do is in the, the year of 2023, I'm going to try to listen to one. I'm borrowing this concept from Henry Rollins. I remember reading or listening to an interview of Henry Rollins at one point where he talked about his music listening process. And if I remember correctly, he said that he listens to during the week, he'll listen to one new album a day 
And he's got like this super fancy hi-fi music, you know, Henry Rollins. He's he's famous musician, actor, very well accomplished, you know, writer. He does live performances, like spoken word stuff. If you're in the rock, metal, hardcore punk vein, you know who Henry Rollins is. I mean, he's he's done voice work for like Avatar, The Last Airbender. Famous guy. He has a very humble apartment. But inside of it, he has decked it out with this. I have no idea how, what the equipment is or how expensive it is. I just know that that's where he has, his value is on the experience and the music and versus, you know, having things. So he has a super cool, uh, high fidelity stereo sort of setup in his home that he sits down and listens to a brand new album each weekday of the week, something he has not listened to before. And then on the weekends, he gives himself kind of the, or the freedom or the indulgence to listen to more of his favorites. And I think I'm going to adopt that for the year of 2023 and listen to a brand new heavy metal album release each week of 2023 and somehow derive interesting YouTube content out of that experience. I've toyed with doing sort of a quick fire review format or maybe like even picking my favorite album of the month out of the albums that I listened to that month and then doing some sort of bracket throughout the year where I pick my favorite album of the year at the end of the year. Uh, I think I could probably do something along the lines of either of those or maybe even both and make some interesting content and in, in the process kind of fulfill my need to kind of seek out new music to listen to, new heavy metal music and kind of the the vein of what I like to listen to outside of the music that I'm listening to for the podcast. And so that is what I'm going to do. Will it turn into interesting YouTube content? I have no idea. I have a ton of anxiety and fear and trepidation about doing YouTube stuff because it is, number one, let's just talk about what I'm doing right here right now. Just sitting here talking into a microphone. Not my favorite thing. I enjoy the podcast because it's a conversation that I'm having with my buddies, my podcast homies. And that's super fun. Sitting here talking into the ether, into this microphone, is not my idea of fun. It's kind of a grind. And I feel very self-conscious in what I'm doing and what I'm saying. And I see the YouTube content being a amplification of that kind of process. I'm going to be second guessing everything. I'm going to be self-conscious about the audio by itself is hard to do. Throw in video and oh my God. And I'm just going to have to pray to the altar of Sven, the magnificent editor, and hope that he can turn what I produce into something that is entertaining and not embarrassing. He's a wizard, so I'm sure he'll be able to do it. I just think it's going to take a little bit of time to find some footing and get a groove. Just, you know what? When I started recording with Sven and DL for the pod, I was super, super nervous and, and self-conscious in the beginning there. And, it, you know, it worked itself out. I'm sure this will be the same way. It just feels like a whole lot to take on. And uh, I'm hoping that each of us can come up with some interesting content that everyone likes. We hammer at it long enough, and I'm sure we'll get there. Uh, I think it's a really good idea that we're anchoring some of the content on the Rolling Stone Top 500 albums, um, because that'll give some consistency. And then each of us will will sprinkle in our own content, provide some variety. 
I think that was smart. That's a smart way to structure the the channel. I'll tell you what, when we first started doing the Rolling Stone Top 500 albums, the concept was we were all going to do that. And I tried to do a couple of those, and I quickly was like, this is not my thing. And and so I tapped out of that fairly quickly and started chasing the the art slash music idea. It just wasn't for me. And so I'm hoping that I can find something that is creatively fulfilling. Uh, and that's why I chose the heavy metal album thing. I know for sure the art and music content down the road is going to be awesome. That's just going to, it's going to be a, a road to get there. I'm just not quite there yet. In general, the YouTube content is going to be a bit more deliberate than the what we do for the podcast. Not that we don't plan and study and go through a, a pretty rigorous process to prepare for the podcast, but it's a loose conversational feel. The YouTube stuff's going to be a bit more rigid, probably a little bit more mindful in ways that we haven't figured out yet. I know the art and music content is going to require a lot of deliberation and brainstorming and thought to get to. Not that listening to an album every week and trying to figure out a way how to turn that into entertaining content won't require that, but I feel like it's the quicker path to get something out there for you guys to watch and listen to that will be somewhat entertaining and somewhat in the vein of what we have put out before. So I'm, I'm imagining some quick fire type content and we'll figure out ways to make it creative as well. I'm hoping that the YouTube thing is likable. I hope it turns out well. We're going to give it a go. As daunting as it is, I think it's going to be an interesting uh, creative endeavor. So I think I personally am going to find some fulfillment in creating that. While I'm nervous, I'm kind of looking forward to it as well. I guess we'll be literally seeing you soon or you'll be seeing us. If you've watched our, any of our Instagram promo videos, the promos that, that we record and spend is brilliantly edited every week to promote the podcast, I think you get an idea of what the YouTube content might feel like a little bit. Hopefully we can make it silly and entertaining. Get more eyeballs and more ears listening to what we're doing. Going back to something that I said in the end of the year episodes, my main charge with First Course First is to expand the community at this point, realizing that there's actually people out there listening to us and like what we do and our content is meaningful to you guys. It, that realization is very interesting and has had me really change the place in which I'm approaching creating this content. And I want to be very mindful of that process. And my directive at this point forward is to entertain you guys, put out stuff that you like and, and just expand the community, bring in more people to the verse course of verse family, because you're also awesome. I know we're all extremely thankful for all of you and we're looking forward to connecting with you even more as much as we can. And hopefully expanding that group or our group into a larger, more awesome, more cool, whatever. I'm rambling here, so I'm gonna wrap this up because I hate talking into the microphone. I don't know how the fuck I'm gonna do YouTube videos. It's gonna be crazy. Yeah, that's it. I will see you guys soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, Evil, that sounds awesome. I'm gonna smash that like button. 
I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know what Evil's going to say as I'm recording this. He has a couple ideas I know that he talked about in episode 100, art, collaborating with music. I think he wants to do that. I just think he needs more time to expand on his idea. And I can't knock him for it because my idea is just the simplest of the simple. Why I am excited about Evil's content, because of how artistic he is and because of how thoughtful he is. The reason that Evil hasn't cultivated his process yet, his let's do art and music, um, not that they aren't the same thing, but I'm talking about art, art. He's probably going to a heavy metal dissection, at least for now, is because he puts so much thought into something that he decides to do. He's not going to promote or outlet anything that is subpar, which is one of the reasons why I love having him on the pod. It is a constant reminder that, no, this isn't shitty. This isn't a C plus that this podcast maintains. This is not marketing mediocrity, because if it was, evil wouldn't be a part of it. I firmly believe that. So I think because of that, he is taking his time. We're not in a big rush. When we first release these videos, I can't imagine they're going to do amazing unless there's some weird YouTube algorithm that I don't understand, which I don't at all. So I'm just going to say when we get some traction from the listeners here, if we figure out how to get clicks on YouTube, I still don't imagine that we're going to get any more than a couple hundred views for the first while. So it's not a huge deal that people are going to still be expanding on their ideas and cultivating them. And that's evil. I look forward to his videos current. Uh, His first one is going to release January something something. And I look forward to when his ideas change, when he does get to the art portion of the show. I want to be a part of it because it does fascinate me. I want him to have me on to talk album covers specifically. So, Evil, please. What about Rachel? I know exactly what Rachel's doing. We talked about it together, and I honestly don't remember if she came up with the idea or I did, which means that she probably did because I am just eccentric enough to forget in my head that somebody else came up with an idea, not me. Hey, Rachel, what's your YouTube? Hey friends, welcome to a little off-season party. It's Rachel. I'm here to talk to you about more work that David is making us do because we don't do enough already, even though we have full-time jobs and families. (laughs) Just kidding, kind of. So we're each doing a YouTube channel, right? And they're all off of a little bit of our personalities. I have an affinity for lyrics. I often think that lyrics are the most important part of music. Lyrics relay meaning and emotion in a way that instruments can't. And maybe even more passionately and more effectively than instruments can. And so when I am listening to music, when I'm dissecting albums with the guys, I like to sit with the music playing and I like to have the lyrics open. One, often you just can't understand what people are saying, but two, because I don't want to miss anything. I also do that with Netflix because I'm old and can't hear well, but I love lyrics and I think that they are super important in regards to songs, to music. So I think once a month 
was the commitment. I'll be taking a piece of music, a song, and dissecting the lyrics. I'll be looking at the meaning that I derive from the lyrics. I'll be looking at what other people maybe think that the lyrics mean. And I would like to say this early on that I very much believe that most lyrics, if not all lyrics, are open to interpretation. So just because I believe that they're saying a certain thing, or I believe that they are trash or poetry, doesn't mean that I'm right and you're wrong or vice versa. I chose to do this for my YouTube channel because I love looking at other people's work, just analyzing words. I want to be an asshole (laughs) with something that is super important and meaningful to other people. Most musicians, one would assume, don't just put words down to music and call it a day. They're thoughtful. They're personal to the people that write them. They can communicate experiences or feelings. And there is a lot that I think that people miss out on when they're not paying attention to the words that people are singing. Not necessarily the entire song. I don't think that's entirely true, but a lot. There are so many facets to a piece of music. I think the lyrics are super important to that. So much that if the lyrics are horrible, if they're poorly written, they can really ruin a song. Lyrics are meant to complement the music behind it. And if they don't, the whole thing just can be shit. There is that age-old saying, you can put lipstick on a pig, but it'll still get slaughtered for delicious bacon in the end. Mmm, bacon. I intend on doing this. Why? Because I have credentials (laughs) outside of judging people for no reason since I was a teenager. um, I have a degree in words. I have an English degree with a writing emphasis. Um, I went to college. I sat through a bunch of classes. I turned in a bunch of papers and received a very expensive piece of paper with the wrong last name on it. So I'm pretty qualified. I feel like I'm pretty qualified. While I was at school, I went through nine majors, and the final one in which I received my degree was English. So it was something that I was really drawn to. It was something that came really easily to me. I tried a bunch of other stuff, and nothing stuck. So words. I took linguistics during the course of my college career, so I understand how your mouth behaves when it makes sounds, where your tongue hits, your lips, your teeth, and what's important when you form words. I've taken writing courses, literature courses, poetry courses. I took a Holocaust through film course. That one was great. Really recommend that one. (laughs) And I'm a fairly decent English speaker. I'm a fairly decent English speaker. I'm not even drinking, guys. So what I'm saying is I'm pretty much an expert. I'm not an expert, but I know words really well. And it's something that I'm passionate about. And it's something that comes easily to me and has always come very easily to me. While I was at college and I was going through all of my degrees, English is a a general course that you have to take. All of my professors told me I did really well. And I did not listen to them because I wanted to do French or ballet or psychology or music performance. I was decent in some of those things and had a passion for a lot of those things. 
they weren't things that came naturally to me. English came naturally to me. Writing came naturally to me. Dissecting short stories and novels and poetry, understanding how phrases go together and words go together, analyzing sentences and their structures was fun for me. So that is what I ended up with a degree in after eight years of oscillating (laughs) back and forth between so many different options, so many different career, blee, blee, blee. The plan is each video, I will take something, a piece of work that I either love and think is fabulous or I think is garbage or something that somebody else suggests for me to analyze, which I kind of think could be a little bit more fun. I'll take the work, I'll look at the structure, how the choruses and verses go together, the time signatures and how that works with the lyrics, if it works, if it doesn't work, if the meaning of the lyrics is there, if it's communicating properly, if it's not communicating properly, all of those things. Similarly to what we do on the podcast, one of the things that I'd like to talk about is influences. Does this sound original? Does this sound like somebody else's work? And is that a good thing or a bad thing? We always talk about, is it flattery or is it theft when you sound Greta exactly like Pink Floyd? Led Zeppelin. Not only in your style, but in your lyrics, right? You know, the same thing with a lot of rappers that came out this year with similarly eloquent, beautiful lyrics. There's a whole new wave seemingly coming through that genre, which is just poetry. A couple years ago, Kendrick Lamar comes out with Damn, beautifully written, and wins a Pulitzer. Correct me if I'm wrong. From there, you have all of these young artists who are now putting thought and poetry, real poetry, real beautiful lyrics onto their albums and stuff that could spend days on digging into and not fully comprehend. So are these people working off of each other in a complimentary way or are they stealing from each other? Also, we have within content of the lyrics that people are writing, are they able to communicate to the listener what they're feeling? Pulling the listener to their perspective and getting us to feel what they're feeling. Are the lyrics relatable and are they resonating? I think that is something that's very important to get somebody on your side with your lyrics, with your music, to not only understand where you're coming from, but also to fall in love with your music. Through lyrics, that is certainly possible. Through words, you can convince somebody to come to your side and to believe what you believe. It's also important to me when people are writing their lyrics, are they writing what they know or are they writing what somebody else wants to hear? Are they writing for themselves or are they writing to sell albums? I think the most vulnerable music is the stuff that's written from somebody's heart, that's written from somebody's experience. Are these lyrics written from experience or are they written to elicit some sort of emotion out of the listener that isn't real, but it's seemingly just what the artist wants the listener to believe? Are they lying for listens, basically? So when you're listening to music, you have verse, chorus, verse, much like the most amazing musical podcast you'll ever listen to. 
you have your verse, which is where your lyrics are that tell your story. And you have your chorus that reinforces and your next chorus that continues on in the story. I want to talk about how those things relate to each other. Is the chorus supporting the verse? Does the song tell a story at all? Or is it just garbage lyrics that make no sense at all? We all know I love pop, but the lyrics and pop music 90% of the time, not as good, right? So your verse is your opportunity to set the imagery for what you want to create for your listener. And I think the best lyrics are ones that are obviously well-written, but also ones that elicit a feeling, a very strong feeling, whether it be happiness causes sadness or brings up memories of love, of anger. If a song through the lyrics can bring up powerful feelings, then the lyrics are doing their job. That's about it, guys. I'm really excited to start this. I'm really excited to... I'm not even drinking. I'm really excited to take time with lyrics a little bit more. I think these channels are going to give each of us an outlet to do what we do best and do what we love most and not irritate our friends with our um, obsessions on these nitpicky things, but also let you guys see just a little bit more of who we are on a deeper level. I love lyrics. I love the English language. I love reading um, and I love analyzing other people, their words. The working title, which will be the title because I won't come up with anything better for this channel. Channel? Is it a channel? Um, Oh my word. Because I will be talking about words. Oh my word. What a fantastic idea. That's a great name. All right, friends. I think that's it for tonight. I'm going to go hit the sack. I got an early flight in the morning. Thanks for listening. Miss you. All right. So I am legitimately very excited for Rachel's uh, YouTube videos. I'm a big lyric guy. I really am. And I'm kind of, I'm a little jealous. I got to be honest. I kind of like want to be on every single episode with her and talk to her about it. I want to bombard her with crap. And I so much so loved the idea and, and wanted it to play a part in next season that I incorporated it. So in order to draw listeners over to YouTube, I did incorporate every single idea into season three. There is going to be some let's study lyric content in the podcast in season three. And that is all thanks to or in honor of Rachel's YouTube. I am really honestly looking forward to it. Uh, Rachel, please have me on soon. I really want to share songs with you. Uh, lyrics get me going. They get me excited. That's what she said. Super excited for that. Yeah. Her and I have kind of already done that a little bit. Her and I did the Here's Where You're Wrong with the Killers. And that was really what uh, got me to realize that their song In Another Life is one of the most touching and uh, personally resonating lyrical songs I've heard in a while. I think it's going to be fun. 
And I look forward to smashing that like button. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. I'm going to unsubscribe to her channel just so I can subscribe again. And then I'm going to go over to Sven's channel. Hey, Verse Course Versers, it's Sven here, coming to you from the wintry mountain west of the USA. Uh, I hope you're all doing well out there. It's kind of chilly here. It's the middle of winter where I am, and the snow and ice came with three months worth of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas on every radio station and holiday playlist which, of course, has inspired me to dedicate an entire YouTube series to why I can't stand the soul-chafing, nerve-boiling human known as Michael Buble. Nope. Wait, well, nope. Why? Stop. Why? Nope. What's... Nope. 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 Wait. Nope. Not doing why? that. Nope. <laughs> well, great news, everybody. I'm happy to announce Sven's Funhouse, a YouTube series where I'll try to answer important questions like, is Jimi Hendrix's cover of All Along the Watchtower better than Bob Dylan's no original? No way. No but, way. He, Bob, who even remembers his It's the original. No. It's the original. It's Everyone the original. thinks of the Jimmy it's version. The original. Hey, hey, guys, Dave Matthews did a Get version. Get out of here. I'm sure we've all felt that inner conflict when you hear a fantastic cover of a favorite song and it starts to feel like you're cheating on the original because it's so good. Now we'll have a chance to figure out once and for all who did it better. And if not, then hopefully I'll at least give you some good justification for whichever opinion you decide to stick with. I'll also attempt to complete challenges like the one-hour producer challenge where I try to recreate famous hooks in one hour or less. Um, then I'll give a breakdown of the session and play whatever I was able to complete by the time the buzzer goes off. This should be a ton of fun, but also probably pretty hilarious at times, because I'm sure that uh, some somewhere along the way someone's going to throw a hook at me that I am not going to be able to figure out, and my attempt might get really messy. Well, hopefully it's still educational. Uh, it'll definitely be entertaining. So uh, please watch for that. I'll also take a look at some of my favorite effects that are used on popular songs and how those are achieved. And maybe I'll attempt to recreate them with stock plugins. And the whole point of this is to have a ton of fun. And I think it's going to be a blast making some of this content. Um, but also, if you're just getting into music production, I hope that I'd be able to give you a few ideas or maybe a few little workflow tips or things like that that might help you get up and running faster, maybe. I think I'm going to try to keep everything super accessible, hopefully give you options that are available in most DAWs. Uh, I'm probably going to use Ableton Live uh, for most of the stuff, maybe some logic, but I'll try to keep things as simple as possible and... Um, suggest either stock plugins or free plugins. There are a ton of really awesome free plugins. Hey, you know what? Maybe that's another thing. I'll go over some of my favorite free plugins, some of which I use on almost everything I do. So we're going to have lots of cool things uh, in the world of production to talk about. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. 
want to see me react to music for the first time, maybe I'll start sharing that intimate moment where my ears initially meet a song. Want to find out what that's like? Well, you better head over to Verse Chorus Verse Pod on YouTube and hit that subscribe button. That way, you won't miss out on any of my great content. And you'll get in on all the good stuff that DL, Evil, and Rachel are putting out as well. Uh, now, I'm going to need some of your help for some of these uh, challenges and uh, reactions. So give me your ideas. Hit me up at Sven Knutsen on Instagram, or you can go over to at uh, Verse Course Verse Pod and drop a message there. I'm sure somebody at Verse Course Verse HQ will ping me with your message. Um, but yeah, what would you like to see me try to recreate in an hour or less or um, react to or uh, any crazy effects that you maybe want me to dig into and try to figure out and recreate for you? Um, let me know. For now, take care and I'll see you soon. Oh, Sven, as usual... You have so many ideas that are so good, and I don't know how you're going to have time to execute any of them. I'm recording this before I get his recording. Here's something that you need to understand. I mean, you don't need to understand anything, but here's something that might shed some light on what it's like to have a podcast for you. I literally just last night got done editing the last bit of the finale of season two. And now, less than 24 hours later, I am on to season three, pre-seasoning. And I have not gotten any straight answers from the crew exactly about the names of their channels, whatever. And it's not because they're fucking about. It's because it's hard. It's hard to decide. There's a lot of thought going into it. Sven has so many good ideas. And I do like the fact that it seems like he's going to do a few different ideas through the year. Arguing with himself about a song and one's going to be where he's uh, showing you how to, how he would produce something that he had a lot of ideas. And I'm just... A, Sven is, is a talent. Here's something else that I figured out come season two and towards the end of season one. You don't got to worry about Sven coming on an episode. Yeah, he doesn't usually have time to study. And you know why? Because he doesn't need to. It's infuriating. But uh, it's also what makes him invaluable. I just know that anything he touches is going to be gold. And when he puts his name to his channel, it's going to be rad. And I look forward to listening to it. All right. How about we get to my YouTube? My YouTubes are fun and they're simple. So these poor, beautiful children and evil Sven and Rachel have all this content to create on YouTube, and I took the easy way out. But there are reasons that I did it, and justifiably so, I believe. My YouTubes are going to be revisits of episodes. I'm going to look back on episodes. I'm going to give awards for specific things. I'm going to see if my ideas on albums have changed. I'm going to see if there's anything else that I want to touch on from them. Maybe I'll try to have people on that were on the episode to come back, talk about a certain thing. And the reason that I'm going to do that for all you podcast lovers is to get more people to the podcast. It's all about cross content, people. We got to get people from the podcast onto the YouTube. We got to get people from the YouTube onto the podcast. And that's how it works. 
Vertical integration, you get it. If we want to take over the world, we have to use everything in our power. We already recorded one of them. We recorded a uh, season one finale revisit when we were all up at the cabin uh, shooting the finale for season two. It's a work in progress. It is a great video that I'm very proud of. Sven should be super proud of because the editing is incredible. The content, questionable, but like I said, it's the first one. First pancakes, not usually very good. And like I said, I'm reiterating this, it is not the editing. The editing is what makes it good. If you just watch the video without the editing, you would think, oh, we maybe need to redo this. I probably shouldn't say any of this. What I should probably say is it's fantastic. We're charismatic. Also, we're just really good looking. So go over to YouTube and watch the revisits. Anyway, point being is that one of mine is revisits. Those will be very fun to do. We'll see how that works. And then I'm also doing, along with Rachel and Sven, actually, at least for the first while, Rolling Stone magazine came out with the 500 best albums of all time. There's so much that I want to discuss when it comes to that list. So much. And so I decided what I do is I'd make a video about every single one, every single album. We divvied it up a bit for the first year, 450-ish. So for the first, for this year, essentially, for this season, you're going to see videos with Sven, videos with Rachel and I. So far, Sven has edited about eight or so episodes. They are fantastic. I am very proud of them. Uh, Sven should be incredibly proud. Rachel's video that I've watched so far is better than any of mine, which is infuriating, but it is what it is. We are going to be coming out with those every week. Once a week, we will have a Rolling Stones top 500 albums of all time, and we're going to count down. So we are starting at album number 500, and that, along with 499, 498, and 497, are all going to come out today. That's right. You go over to Verse Chorus Verse on YouTube, and we will have four of our Rolling Stones 500 greatest albums of all time videos today. How excited are you? Do you want to know what albums we'll be talking about? Do you want to know what 500 through 497 are? Well, number 500 I know is going to get some of you because we have a lot of hipster music nerds that listen to this. You all know by now I'm not making fun of you because I'm one of you. So be that as it may, number 500 is Funeral by Arcade Fire. Interesting, because it was a great first album to do this on. It ended up being one of the better ones. 499 is going to be an album by Rufus and Shaka Khan. Can't go wrong with that, right? 498 is the album Suicide by the band Suicide. Do you know that? There's some stuff to know if you don't. And then 497 is the indestructible beat of Soweto. Do you know that one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't think a lot of you do. I didn't fully admit that. And that's a Sven special. So you're going to hear me talk about Funeral. You're going to hear Rachel talk about Rufus and Shaka Khan. You're going to hear me talk about Suicide. And you're going to hear Sven talk about the beat of Soweto today, if you want. Go over to YouTube. I'm telling you, they are good videos. And they get better, and they get better, and they get better. We have recorded 
all the way up to episode 441. And it's exciting because four of these albums we got to do in person together when we were up doing the finale. There you go. Those are the two YouTubes that I'm in charge of. Rolling Stone's 500 Best Albums and Episode Revisits. After this year, it's going to be just me doing the Rolling Stones videos. The content is a lot, people. It's a lot to ask. And I get the feeling that there's going to be even more going down the road because it's starting to look like sponsorships and actual money being made is going to be a thing. We have to be careful. And luckily, I am an obsessive who will do this all the time. Any off work second that I have, I can, I'll just put it in this. I don't care. I don't need to sleep. Who gives a shit? That's it. That's this episode. That's our YouTubes. Go to YouTube. And as I said, more towards the beginning, that's what we're going to concentrate on. Trying to get you to like and subscribe and whatever else is the YouTube things. I still don't get it, which is silly because it's not like I don't watch YouTube. I do. I just don't. I'm not good at the hit the thing and do the stuff. You know as good at that as Sven. And I'm sure Sven said it and he's going to keep saying it. And he puts it on all the videos. So just go to the videos and watch them. I am excited for season three. I'm excited for our next episode. Versecourseverse.com at Versecourseversepod. Join us next week. We talk about our Spotify raps. Yep, we know what our Spotify raps were. And we want to talk about them with you. And we're going to do that next week. Everybody, season two was a blast. I'm ready to put it in the rearview mirror. Move on to season three. We'll get there for now. I still get to reminisce a little bit because season two is special, but season three is going to take us over the edge. Oh boy. Good night and good luck.